0: Hello, my name is Declan Dineen. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode of guests on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another... Games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. My guest today is the wonderful Nina Freeman. Uh, she's currently working at Fulbright on Tacoma. Um, she, she was the main designer of uh, StarMade Games, Sibel, and she she made a game called How Do You Do It, which was uh, an IGF and an IndieCade uh, finalist. And you know, like as always with uh, with these episodes, uh, it's just. Uh, I'm constantly kind of surprised and delighted with the kind of the variety of uh, of video game chat that we're able to have on the show. You know, I, always my worry is that it's going to be this. Everyone has this monolithic. These are the games that I played. But for everybody, it's so different and so unique. And there's things I I touched on with uh, with Nina that just haven't come up on the show before at all. You know, games about about sex uh, specifically. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful chat. I really, really enjoyed talking. I think you will almost certainly enjoy it too. Um, as always, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, it's checkpointspodcast at gmail.com or it's at checkpoints show on Twitter or it's checkpointspodcast on Facebook. It's very important to have consistent branding. If you really like the show, there is a Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints. If you have the the money and the inclination, all donations are, are gratefully received. They go towards making the show even better. And I guarantee that it'll make you feel wonderful. Um, I, I've i used the word wonderful too much in this intro, but <laughs> I promise myself no cuts. Just keep going. Just so you know that, that I'm aware of the mistake. Um, uh, also, actually because uh, i've just finished finished editing the episode uh i make reference at one point in this episode to uh, a comedy game um about uh, cutting a rope and i say is it cut the rope and i say i think it's definitely cut the rope um it's not cut the rope cut the rope was that iphone physics puzzle game which was you know really good fun actually uh, the game i was thinking of was you have to burn the rope uh, so very distinct difference uh, and also you know you should check that game out it's it's very funny. Um okay, thanks as always for listening. Uh, it's very much appreciated. If this is your first episode, please do dig back into the archives. There's you know tons of great guests and and interesting people I have a, a bunch of really good exciting guests coming up as well um but I think I think that's it. I've not been doing an awful lot this past week been playing a lot of stardew valley uh it's It's amazing um and trying to write stuff, Stardew Valley is kind of winning over the writing stuff, but the writing stuff is getting done. Uh, okay, I'll be back next week with a new episode and a new guest. But until then, let's get on with the show. Um, okay, well, okay, I'll do the I'll do the formal introduction then. So, sure. So, Nina, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. If you don't mind, would you introduce Mm -hmm. yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, So my name is Nina Freeman. I am currently working as a level designer at Fulbright on Tacoma. Um, And I've also worked on a bunch of other games, uh, like How Do You Do It and Sybil and Ladylike and some other stuff. I usually focus on narrative games um, and I enjoy writing for games and doing game design and making games whenever I can.
0: Wonderful. Um, Do you know, I was thinking about this earlier when I was sort of preparing for our our chat that it's kind of, it's really interesting, like, like, um, Sybil especially is, it's one of the first games um, about games. Um, So, like, one of the, one of the reasons I wanted to start this, this show, uh, one of the shows that inspired this is a show called All Back to Mine, which was an old radio show, and they would speak to musicians and it was All Back to Mine was basically like, you know, after you've been to a club, you go back to somebody's house. And it was basically going through the record collection of of different musicians and talking about the the records that kind of hit them at pivotal moments in their life. And you could kind mm-hmm. of see the influence of that in, in some of their later work. Um, but games, like, because it's such a new medium, you couldn't really do that. But I think now we're of a, a generation where people are able to directly kind of use the games that they've they've played to inspire new games which is which is what what mm-hmm. was was all about so, you know it was just it was, it was a real like direct from from your life into your this game that you created it just struck mm-hmm. me that that hadn't that wasn't able to to have been done like even 10 years before that maybe
1: i think there are probably other games about games uh i don't know if i can come up with any off the top of my head but i'm sure there were some before civil but um, oh, and no, for I'm sure me, they like, were, but Civil just, yeah. was less about the game and more about the relationship. But yeah, the game provided the context to tell that story, um, or like the game in the game. Uh, yeah. So that that certainly was helpful. So I definitely you know tried to communicate what that specific experience was like because it's all about the specific experience of the girl in the online game with the guy, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, I when I was working on it, I was thinking more. I think about the relationship itself um but i see i see what you're saying
0: yeah just purely because like it, it's also it's about it's a game about playing a game and it is about the relationship obviously I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the the heart of it um, yeah but you wouldn't i don't think you would have had like that direct of a a reference of you know here's a game that i played and it's inspired me and it's changed my life in this way and so i'm gonna mm-hmm. make a game about how that made me feel at that point like that. That's mm-hmm. I, I just find I find that super interesting. Thanks. That's oh, my it's my pleasure. Um, well, let's let's go way back then, Nina. If you can, if you can remember, what was your very first experience of a video game?
1: Oh, my first experience of a video game. Um, I get asked this quite a bit, actually, and I feel like I always change my answer. But I think the one that I've settled on. It's hard to remember. Uh, was I used to, my mom like used to take me to the mom, to the mall all the time. Um, and when we would go, when I was really little, I didn't really want to like walk around with her that much. So she would often drop me off at the Scholastic store because they had a bunch of computers that you could sit on and play games for free. So I think the first games I was playing was when I was at the mall with my mom at the Scholastic store, basically playing their, like, edutainment games in the mall. Um, that was probably my first experience with video games. That like or like at Oregon the library. Trail and
0: things like that. Uh,
1: was that a Scholastic game? I don't really remember playing that one until later, but, like you know early scholastic edutainment games that were like whatever teaching you math or something you know (laughs) like things that I can't really remember by title but I remember playing them um and also yeah that kind of stuff like an Oregon Trail kind of game at the library or something I played games at the library because the computers were free to use um and I got a computer later um but yeah the first games I played were basically all f- any free game on a public computer that I could find
0: <laughs> I mean that said like did it have an impact on you though or was that later like it did even though they were kind of edutainment games like did they mm-hmm. really excite you you're like oh my god this is amazing I want more of this or was it just something well to I do? mean
1: this was like when I like my fr- the first time I was playing games when I was like five like I was a really little kid you know so like I don't know if I can remember, like, the specific games and how I felt about them, but, like, that was the first time I was really exposed to using a computer at all, which obviously is, like, pretty important to being a game developer and to being in a field that is so steeped in technology. Absolutely. And I, what I do remember is that, like, I really wanted a computer because <laughs> we would go to the mall and I would be like, I'm going to go do this. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, and it was sort of, like, my thing neither of my parents really, like, my mom doesn't care about computers and like, you know, they didn't really end up getting a computer until like I was old enough to be independently using it.
0: Okay. Um,
1: which wasn't, wasn't that old. I was like 10 or 12. Um, but before that, like, you know, my thing was always like, I'm going to go to the library to use the computer or like, okay, mom, I'll go to you with you to the mall just cause I can do that. Um, so for me, like it was less about the games themselves and more about like being able to be on a computer um and just like playing the games or like going on the internet or whatever um and that the sort of like access to these like free computers that were publicly available definitely had an impact on me get like being interested in technology from like a young age
0: and what like did you have like brothers and sisters did you did you play with other people or was it this just something you did kind of by yourself you'd seek out computers yeah
1: yeah i was an only child so i didn't i didn't have anyone to play with and i don't think any of my friends really had computers either i think i might have been one of the first ones to have one now that i think about it but if you go into the library or something
0: surely there'd be like other people there as well
1: yeah i wasn't i don't know i like played a lot alone (laughs) so that's that was my thing later obviously like once i got a computer and stuff like you know, and once I was a little older, like like I said, this was like the first 10 years of my life. I was very little, so. Uh, but once I had turned 10 or whenever it was that I got the computer, like, I had one, and at that point, I think a bunch of my friends also had gotten computers, and you know, we were all playing like The Sims, and I played Myst because that somehow I got a hold of. I don't know how I got that game but i played mist when i was like 10 i didn't finish it but that game has definitely stuck out in my head for a really long time as the first game that like struck me in a more meaningful way than like you know just playing it and being like okay i'm done like it was yeah, something yeah. that i was like whoa it's like really know? weird yeah yeah and i was like really fascinated by it as a kid and like didn't know you could use guidebooks or Google answers. So I was just like playing it totally blind and obviously could never finish it when I was that young. Cause I was just like, I have no idea what's going on, but I just remember like walking around Mist and being like, just like totally in shock at what it was. I, I like didn't really know what to make of it, but thought it was really cool. Um, so I remember that and obviously I played a ton of the Sims, uh, cause I think that was like the first game my parents ever bought me um that wasn't a free game that came with the computer which i played a lot of played a lot of urban Assault and whatever the racing game was that came <laughs> with the computer um but probably mist and the sims were like the first games that i own or that like my parents bought me yeah uh, that were like at home um
0: that's crazy so, with the mist thing yeah. though, because it's it, it, especially Missed, it's one of those games that you know you you want to talk about it. you know you want to you want to sort of because like something experiencing something like that just purely, you know, without any context and just on your own. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. that's a crazy proposition. Like the, for especially for like a kid, like, yeah, blow my mind. Was yeah, was it not was like did you, did you ever read like magazines or anything like that, or did you have that kind oh, of broader I, community? I
1: had no context for like where I would read about games or that anyone was talking about them. They were just in my own because <laughs> i was like 10 like i you know yeah, yeah, yeah. where would i find that kind of thing you know so i just kind of played it that's and was like whoa this is weird magical. and yeah it was cool
0: um did the sims love continue is that something that's kind of um, stuck with you as you've grown older no i've never
1: like i mean yeah i played a lot of the sims as a kid and that was like that's something i remember just like playing so much of when i was little and like you know a lot of kids my age were at that point. So that was probably one of the first games that I played that I was like, Oh, everyone's playing this. Whoa. Um, other than like, you know, Mario or like super Nintendo games. I remember kids having those when I was younger. I just didn't have one. So I didn't know what, what was going on with that really until later. Um, but yeah, everyone had the Sims. So I played a ton of it and it was fun. And I really liked that game. I think it's a really, really incredible game. Uh, I don't, I don't think I ever kept playing it because I, you know, I played it when I was a kid, but I ended up finding other stuff that I wanted to play too. And I've never been really the type of person to follow a series that much. I guess I played a lot of the Final Fantasy games, but I tend to bounce around a lot. So, you know, I played a lot of The Sims and then I moved on. Um, I think probably when I got a console, which wasn't that long after getting that computer, I also was really into the, into like, browser games and stuff like a recent old game like flash games and stuff so
0: a recent, i was a very I distractible thought about that for child years.
1: <laughs> yeah the, the ones that i remember best are like catching bees and like bubbles and like
0: yes. <laughs>
1: they were all just like really cute but yeah i kind of was just like all over the computer at that age and also started to get into like neopets and like making websites and stuff so i think my sims addiction kind of fell off when i started doing that stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so so would you have kind of always had the internet is that like growing up was it always kind of a present thing in your life
1: yeah definitely i mean yeah the internet it was on the library computers i don't think it was on the scholastic computers but i certainly had it also on the first computer that we had um uh we yeah we had aol dial-up so you know remember the old dial-up sounds uh that's, <laughs> that's what i remember. Yeah. That makes me feel uh, so, so old. Yeah, it's always it's a pretty much always been around for me.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. So, did you I mean, this is interesting because like I'm I'm probably older than you. Well, I'm definitely older than you. And so like for me the internet came when I was like 16. That's when everybody mm-hmm. started to get online. Um right. and I feel like with the internet especially it's it's one of those things that's kind of dropped the kind of barriers like that you don't get the kind of uh, groups of people um, subdivided as much it's not like here are the gamers and here are the nerds and here are the jocks i mean obviously that still exists but i don't think anywhere near to the extent that you know when i was younger um, and certainly for me games were, were just super nerdy niche like about four of us would hushed in the corner talking about it in case the big boys came and beat us up um oh, no <laughs> no it, it's the it's sad truth <laughs> yeah um but with the internet i feel like especially because like you're saying these flash games and stuff like everybody kind of played games a bit it it wasn't it didn't feel um it didn't seem at least uh, as weird like do you feel that Mm -hmm. that it was just a thing everybody did
1: i think yeah I, i think well when i was that young like when i was in like elementary and middle school definitely it was just kind of like games were around and we played them in school and people would play them at the library and you know that was like just a thing yeah um and, and you know as was like being on aim or like looking at weird videos on the internet like that was just all a part of like computer culture Absolutely, for kids yeah. around that time so um but i i had like two best friends that i played a lot of games with like especially console games and stuff, because um, we didn't all have the same consoles or the same games, and we would kind of, like, share them together. Yeah. Um, and I remember playing with those two a lot uh, up through, like, forever, basically, through high school and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, once I went into high school, there definitely was people who, like, played serious games and people who didn't really have any interest in it at all. So I, I don't think there are started being, like, like I remember people who were other people who were playing online games in my high school and there wasn't many and I wasn't really friends with any of them but like you knew kind of who they were Uh, and so there's definitely like people who did that for sure and people who didn't at all you know but that wasn't really until we were all like a little older and certainly everyone when they were younger had played like
0: a lot so but you were in though like you were you were seeking out the new games and you were getting the consoles and things right
1: uh, yeah, more or less. I mean, I didn't have, like, a ton because we didn't have, like, a lot of money. So I had basically what I could get for Christmas. Uh, or, like, I guess once that I was in high school, like, if I, like, had some money from working. Yeah. Um, so I had some. Definitely not that many, but I had a lot of friends, or the two friends who had games. So, like I said before, we'd share. So I got to play more that way. But, um... Yeah, I had a couple consoles. So I and I played Final Fantasy Online for most of high school, so that was really like the game I was playing the most and I started when I was 14. So basically from ages 14 to 18, which is like, you know, all of high school pretty much. Why um, so why Final was Fantasy was Online and
0: not, not WoW?
1: Uh cuz I was really into Final Fantasy at the time. Like that was right after I discovered 10 and 102 and those were okay. like my childhood obsessions. So after those, um, me and the two friends, I keep mentioning that I played games with, they discovered Final Fantasy online and bought it and invited me over to play it with them. Um, and yeah, so this is when I was 14, um, in 2004. So this was when Final Fantasy had already been out for a bit. So like we went on to play the three of us together in their basement and like, you know, just like, there was, like, all these people around in that world, and we were like, whoa, what is this? Like, we didn't have any awareness of what an online game was, really, until we booted that up. Uh, so we started playing it and, like, ran into our first real person and, like, said something to them in the chat, and they said something back, and we were like, this is crazy. I mean, like, we've been <laughs> in chat rooms and stuff before, but, yeah. like, in the context of a game, we were like, what is this? so um yeah when i saw that happen i remember i was like wait let me chat and i like took the keyboard and like i went out the next day and like got that game immediately because i was like this is crazy um and that is and then i played it for four years from that point <laughs>
0: <laughs> well this is a question i ask uh, a lot of people because final uh-huh. fantasy obviously comes up with, with a lot of people as kind of a formative game. Um, I'm not even sure if Final Fantasy Online counts, I suppose it does. but what is your favorite Final Fantasy?
1: Uh, oh, my favorite Final Fantasies definitely tend to. Um, that definitely had a pretty big impact on me as a kid and is something that I've played and replayed a lot as an adult. Um, so it arguably has had an influence on like myself as a game designer as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that one is probably probably my top top favorite.
0: What do you think of twelve?
1: Um, it's a running oh, joke that just...
0: twelve is twelve is my favorite, and I believe the best of all of them. Ever. Oh okay.
1: is twelve is the one that's set in the Middle Eastern setting. Is that? that one so i was I when it's kind of like
0: it's kind of like star wars and it's the gambit system where you kind of program, yeah yeah, yeah. program right, your right, characters.
1: yeah yeah i played a bunch of that one but i never finished it that was like when i was graduating high school i think so okay bad
0: timing at the time but
1: yeah i know they're doing the remaster it's coming out soon yeah <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> yeah. oh it's
0: amazing it's amazing yeah um okay cool so, so was there was there a point during this kind of you know you're, you're deep into final fantasy in these kind of formative years um Mm -hmm. when did the when did you start to think that maybe this is something you could do
1: um I didn't start like so I went to college I originally wanted to go to college for theater and then I quickly realized that I didn't want to do that and started doing poetry instead because of one professor who kind of showed me how cool that would be so I ended up going to college for English literature and did poetry stuff. Um, Why not? And that's what I did all through college. Uh, Oh, well, I went to New York and was like, I'm going to do theater. But I kind of realized, like, what I really liked about theater was performance and, like, reading into characters and, like, you know, practicing and and learning lines and stuff. And I less liked the actual act of, like, going out and getting jobs in that world. Um, I I was just like, I just want to focus on the character and the writing and stuff and I was like that's what you do as an English major so I'm gonna do that instead <laughs> um and also like I liked writing and stuff so it yeah it made more sense but so yeah I did poetry and I like you know all did all my internships in the poetry world when I was in college etc and that was really what I was doing and then I graduated college and didn't know like there wasn't a clear clear cut job for me in the poetry world that I wanted to do I just wanted to write, um, and obviously it's t- impossible to sustain yourself just on writing just out of college when you've had no experience or exposure before that.
0: There's only so many so pamphlets I, you can sell.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I have to like get a normal job and make some money so I can survive. So I got a job at the Department of Education as a data analyst and was doing that for a long time, or for like, I had that job for like, I think three years. Um, so during that time, a lot of stuff in my life changed and I got this like illness and like, I don't know, my life was sort of in chaos. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, that's everybody's 20s though, surely. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I was like, I'm working at a job that like, isn't my passion. Like it was a good job for sure. But I knew I wasn't doing what I wanted. And I also at the time fell into a group of people who were really like into making art and making games and making music. And there was a couple of people in that group that were making games and I would hang out with them during this time period and would sit on their couch and like watch as they were working on this game. Uh, And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And they, they ended up showing me like a bunch of indie games. Like I think at the time it was around when dysphoria and cart life and like Kentucky route zero and all that stuff was first coming out. Yeah. So that, those games were kind of what made me realize you could make games, uh, and watching like playing those and seeing people making them in New York was like kind of what clued me into that. Uh, so that is when I started making games. I basically like discovered these indie games and like was hanging out with these people and was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to try this suddenly. Uh, so I started going to game jams and teaching myself how to like code and stuff. Um, that the summer that I played all those games, uh, and i have not looked back since i suppose
0: that's amazing <laughs> and that
1: was like that was like three or four years ago
0: i've done so much in such short space of time that's that's incredible <laughs> um
1: yeah it was it's been an intense couple of years
0: <laughs> i want to go back to the, the chaos right because uh, this is uh, I, I like to ask people like this because one i, I mentioned in the intro of every show you know talking about mm-hmm. games games that have soothed wounds so at this mm-hmm. point where things are kind of chaotic for you and you've just left university, was there mm-hmm. games that you would turn to as like, you know, as a, a warm blanket, so to speak, or something to escape to?
1: Right. Um, I think for me, like the games, like my comfort games probably are Final Fantasy 10 or 10, two or Xeno saga. And yeah, those are the ones that I like go back and play if I like just need to do something that makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> also like probably Catherine, um yeah those games are all my comfort games and obviously a bunch of those are jrpgs and i like i'm pretty into jrpgs so that kind of thing i will play just for fun quite a bit um i was really into xenoblade recently uh the one on the wii u that came out so i like grindy jrpgs a lot um (laughs) and obviously Catherine is like I don't know Catherine's just an amazing game, and I'm like amazing. really, really into the puzzles in that game. So I'll play that also if I if I want to like relax.
0: Is it the is it the stories that you and the characters that you're more drawn to, or is mm-hmm. it just the the grinding mechanics? Like, would you play um, a Disgaea for instance, mm-hmm. which is kind yeah, of I devoid think, of stories? I mean,
1: what originally got me interested in all those games, and that you know really like fueled that being such a consistent thing throughout my life because I played all these games when I was like much younger except Catherine which I think I played in college but yeah it's definitely the stories and I care a lot about the stories and the characters in those games and like specifically for Final Fantasy 10 and Ten Two, 2 those are the first games I played that felt really character driven and that has had definitely a pretty big influence on me as like a game designer because a lot of the stuff I make is definitely like my goal is to make character driven games and final fantasy 10 is a game that I can go back to and be like, here's an example of a really big game with a really sprawling story where they still managed to make really well defined characters yeah. and have really nice character moments. So I'll go back to that game for comfort, but also just to like, look at like as a designer, cause I think it's really good. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what has kept me interested in that stuff. And, you know, even with Catherine too, like that is also like a very character-driven story. Like it has a very tiny cast and mm-hmm. a lot of the most interesting moments are like the moments in the bar, for example. So I love I love looking at that stuff.
0: What about the, the more kind of um, the, the Western RPGs, things like the, the Bioware games or the Bethesda games?
1: I've never even played like a Mass Effect or anything or I guess I played a little Dragon Age but yeah I have had like almost no exposure to those games. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Is that I mean I'm I'm assuming that's not on purpose. (laughs) Yeah it's just
1: not really. JRPGs do
0: take up a lot of time.
1: Yeah and just like yeah there's only so much time to play this stuff and for a really long time I was only playing online games so that you know has caused me to have missed out on like a lot of stuff that many people would have played especially during like the mid to late 2000s because i just really didn't care about games other than final fantasy online back then um (laughs) so my like library of knowledge is lacking in in some eras
0: (laughs) do you ever feel like do you ever feel um uh like a duty or you know a a need to go back and play things that Mm -hmm. you've missed
1: yeah um When I started working at Fulbright, actually, I, like, interviewed with them and whatever, and when I knew I was going to work for them, I talked to Steve, and he gave me, like, a bunch of games to play that, the based on talking to me about what ones I hadn't played, he was like, you should play these, because they're games that have influenced all of us, and blah, 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 and so it might be interesting for you to play them so that when we talk about them, you'll know what's going on. So when that happened, I ended up playing... Uh, let's see, like the System Shock games, and like you know, like Looking Glass stuff, and uh, Dishonored, and Last of Us, and Half Life Two, and like just more like first-person games. Cause I'd never really played first-person shooters at all before yeah. I came to Fulbright. But obviously, first-person games have had a huge influence on them, cause that's what we're making, um, and the Bioshock games, obviously. And I played minerva's den which is the dlc steven carl worked on etc so i definitely played a lot of catch up right before i went to fulbright in that sort of like specific immersive sim tradition
0: that's amazing uh, it's like a mixtape yeah there. it's like here's his his you know it's literally like a mixtape like here's all yeah, yeah. the games that made me
1: totally and like it was also just helpful like as someone who hadn't played a lot of those games going into working on a game like that to just get me used to what like that perspective is like it's a um, shorthand as
0: well you can use like in the studio mm -hmm. I imagine Mm
1: -hmm. and yeah and like yeah we're always talking about all that stuff so it's it's helpful to be able to like reference the same games together um so yeah I did a lot of that and like that was you know when I started at Fulbright so a year and a half ago or something um but other than that I don't know I've always just been wanting to play what I want to play and like Now, obviously, now that I'm, like, working in the field, I guess, like, as a real working person, like, I try to keep up with mostly the narrative stuff that comes out, but also, like, everything in general, because I just like games. Yeah. Um, But before that, when I wasn't working in games, I kind of was just, like, into what I was into, and I honestly just, like, liked going back and playing, like, weird, like, whatever, Final Fantasy games, PS2 games, PS3 games, and older stuff uh like i wasn't one to keep up with like new big games at all so like a lot of like that's why like i haven't played a mass effect or a dragon age really because i wasn't keeping up with that kind of stuff ever um now it's different because of what i like you know working i want to keep up with like what people are talking about to a certain extent um but yeah there's a lot of stuff i haven't played
0: (laughs) i'd be fascinated to to hear what what you thought of those if you ever went back and played them or or any Mm -hmm. of the new ones because they're like they they, they kind of straddle that line between being kind of character driven but also the the player is given a lot more input into what that Mm -hmm. character is and then you can sort of drive it yourself um yeah sometimes incredibly successfully sometimes sometimes less so it's one of Mm -hmm. those the trickiest things with games um what about when you were in university did you still play in university
1: uh i play i was still playing final fantasy online when i started college and i think I stopped playing, like, freshman year. Um, and then I, I mean, I've always been kind of playing games. I don't think, like, I'm trying to think of, like, any games that stuck out to me in college specifically, and I can't really. I mean, I played a lot of, like, Smash <laughs> with, like, my friends in the dorms. Um, or Those are like,
0: formative experiences.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And, like, I definitely played, like, you know, uh, the newer Final Fantasies I would dabble in, but I actually didn't play that many games in college really until i was done and then got into indie games but yeah i was playing the souls games and stuff in college too like i had consoles and i would replay you know 10 and replay xenosaga and (laughs) i think i got like the new pokemon games and stuff um so i was definitely playing things but i don't know if i can think of anything that was like really important at that time i was just like kind of
0: playing whatever that's that's crazy that's crazy um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a couple of like r- relatively, relatively quick fire questions. Um, I imagine sure. I may even know the answers to some of these already. Um, mm-hmm. So, if you if you had to play play a game with death, which game are you best at? Which game would you decide to play?
1: Play like to like competitively.
0: Yeah, like you, you know, like Seven Seal Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey style. You're playing for your life. Mm -hmm. What are you best at?
1: Right. I would probably. I would probably pick Catherine. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe Soul Calibur too. I don't know. One of the two.
0: (laughs) Who's your Soul Calibur player? Who do you main?
1: Uh, Zhang Hua, definitely. Zhang Hua or uh, Cassandra.
0: Those are the two that I played the most. Okay. Um, has there ever been a game? Uh, that you have had to walk away from and remove from your system because it was taking over your life.
1: Oh, well, Final Fantasy Online, yeah. <laughs> I guess, is the obvious answer there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there is anything quite like that experience that I've had.
0: <laughs> Do you ever get the the pangs to go back?
1: I used to, but I sold my character, so I couldn't go back if I wanted. You well, sold could, your character? Like, a new character. Yeah, yeah, that was, like, the way that I knew that, like, if you really wanted to quit, like you would do that. Um, cause so there's somebody yeah, else with all your achievements. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like a gill seller or whatever. Like it's not like a player. Um, it's just someone who buys characters and then resells all their items and like trashes them basically. Um, so I did that cause that like, and a lot of people did that, that I knew in that game to like get themselves to quit. Cause otherwise you can reactivate your character yeah. at any point. Um, but you can't reactivate it if you sell it to someone and give them your login information. So that's what I did because I was like, I know I'll want to come back to this, but I won't if I don't have my character because I worked on her for four years and it won't be the same. So I sold it.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that, I mean, that, that, I'm, I'm amazed that that's even an option. Um,
1: oh, yeah. It, I mean, I don't know, like probably not many, like people do it if they've been playing the game for a long time. Like I don't <laughs> think it's like that common of a practice.
0: It's like what is it in Breaking Bad, like they go into Tuvalu or something and you get in the van and then you never see them again. You just yeah, they're it's, vanished.
1: It's basically like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I this is a new one actually that I've uh, um I spoke to JP LeBreton recently and he posted mm-hmm. this question on Twitter which I thought was brilliant. So this is the first time I've I've tried it out, so we'll see we'll see how, if it works or not. Um was there ever a location or a place in, in an old game? That you were convinced led somewhere or had some significance?
1: A location or a place. I mean, probably I remember playing Pokemon Blue and there was that like yard behind that guy's house. What's his name? I can't remember the character, but I think he had something to do with your Pokedex or something, or he was some like doctor or researcher okay. or whatever. You could go into his house and talk to him he had a backyard and i was like definitely convinced you could go into that backyard and i think it was it was in cerulean city i'm pretty sure i can't remember super clearly but it was like not in the city itself it was like on one of the paths between cities but i think it was just past cerulean city and yeah and i remember like looking like googling a lot like as a kid like how to get into that backyard because i was like oh i think you can get a legendary pokemon back there i don't remember why i'd convinced myself of this but i was convinced and i remember like reading forum posts about it and there was like a bunch of other people that were also (laughs) convinced you could get into that backyard so yeah i guess for me it would be this backyard in pokemon blue
0: <laughs> i guess it's uh, that's that i mean that that's that's what they do they they inspire you to be like that must that must mean something there must be some meaning there. well yeah there i mean
1: if you there. see a fence connected to a house but there's no door in the back of the house like or maybe there was a door and it was locked but i remember being like why would they put this fence in a yard exactly if you can't go in it and honestly like that's like an important level design lesson <laughs> like if you put a backyard if you put a visible space that looks accessible make sure you're doing that on purpose because uh, people will want to go
0: there <laughs> <laughs> um, okay game, games are, are increasingly broader as time goes on and they're able to mm-hmm. evoke all kinds of reactions but one of the the rarest I think still uh, is laughter so can you think of a game that has really made you laugh
1: Oh, let's see. Definitely, yes. Um, it's actually like a lot for me. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy X 2 is a really funny game. Um, so I definitely laugh a lot during that. Uh, also, like, Stanley Parable. That's Stanley a really, Parable really funny game. Funny, yes. Yeah, and that comes to mind because I played that fairly recently. Um, also. Christine loves games like lady killer and a bind that yes. just came out is really funny. Um, what else? Oh, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch. There's just, there's actually like quite a few funny games, especially like indie stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, Bennett, Bennett Foddy's games like quap. Um, of that course. stuff is really funny without having to say any words, which is obviously pretty interesting and Quop. Obviously had an influence on me for how do you do it. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I guess those are the games that come to mind for games that have made me laugh. Um, Catherine is funny in a dark way,
0: also. <laughs>
1: uh, but like, yeah, Final Fantasy games make use of quite a bit of humor and definitely a lot of indie games too.
0: Yeah, I mean it's getting much much better. I think purely because of the because of the ability of, of te- almost like releasing games as as just jokes themselves. Like this is meant mm-hmm. to be a funny thing like yeah. was is it cut the rope was that really sort of silly flash game which is like Zelda and you just have to cut the rope and every I level you just like get to the end and you cut funny. the rope <laughs> it is genuinely quite yeah. funny or like frog fractions or something you know you mm-hmm. have these mad experimental games mm-hmm. um, so did you ever uh, d- during kind of I'm guessing kind of university and stuff like where did you where did you sort of meet people that, that got you into games like where did you form this kind of group mm-hmm. of people
1: Right. Yeah, for me, it was in New York City. um, After I graduated college, uh, I got really like into chiptune music. And there was this chiptune scene in Brooklyn or in New York that was really active. um, And I started going to all those shows and like, became involved with the group of people that went to a lot of those shows. And, you know, of course, it's chiptune music, so there's going to be people who are into video games around. Mm-hmm. Uh, more people who are into music, but video games people too. And uh, that's kind of how I discovered yeah, this group of people that were really into games in a similar way that I was and a couple people uh, that were making games. And uh, Emmett Butler and Diego Garcia were working on Heads Up Hot Dogs at the time, which is a mobile game they made. And that was like the first... I watched them work on that, and that was the first time I'd seen anyone working on a game. And then I, you know, through them discovered like Baby Castles, which is this games group in town, in Brooklyn that or they would like put on like sort of like gallery shows or sometimes they would put on like music shows that would have games at them. And so I went there and that's how I saw, like, that's how I saw, I think that's how I saw Bennett's work for the first time because yeah. Super polariders Riders was there um, at one of those shows. And so I went to all that stuff and started doing game jams with those people and um, yeah, just became involved in like the New York City game scene at that point in time, uh, and that was like right around then when the NYU Game Center was just starting up. So I was involved with like that first class of MFA students oh, and like took a bunch of classes with them. And because I also started grad school soon thereafter at NYU um, in a sister program, those integrated digital media. So I did games in that um, and took a bunch of the game MFA courses. So it was kind of like yeah being in chiptune being around those people games people there becoming more involved in the game scene in new york and then eventually doing the grad school stuff
0: it's amazing because like so, yeah those sort of stories i think are, are still you know quite new i'd say probably those kind of like i mentioned this a lot because i speak to devs like from 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 everywhere pretty much and mm-hmm. it's got to the stage i think now where game development um is is almost akin to kind of like um, music like maybe 20 years ago mm-hmm. in that like cities have their own specific scenes and you you, you start oh, yeah, to get definitely. a feel for like so like they, they could in the same way that a certain band would kind of define the music for a city like you know like joy division or something from manchester and um and the beatles in liverpool and then you just have this kind of people kind of gather there and that becomes like the, the aspirational thing is to to be creative like these people have been creative
1: and mm-hmm. it, yeah i just and, find it fascinating yeah definitely and i i think a lot of that like when a city develops like a scene it can almost yeah like you were saying sort of develop a voice because a lot of those people end up like working together and yeah. stuff like still to this day even, i've been in portland now for like a cut like a year or two but i still collaborate with so many of like the people i met in new york because i was so entrenched in the scene there yeah um and you know we all worked together we all did game jams together and like everyone was playing each other's work and giving each other feedback so you do develop this sort of like group voice in some ways
0: i wonder if there's going to be like a east coast west coast rivalry (laughs) like hip-hop in the 90s i don't know if that
1: exists but you you could like i don't know like
0: When I was at NYU, like, the NYU
1: kinds of games were very different from games that came out of USC, because USC has more of a focus on, like, they're part of, I think, their games program is really involved in the cinema school, I think. So, and, like, NYU has a lot of, like, really, like, action game, like, like minimalist action or, like, sports stuff. So there's definitely, like, different, but that's going to be true for any, like, college program. Like, everyone kind of has their focus, so... But I don't know. Yeah. So that that could be a contributing factor, perhaps.
0: <laughs> and like, was there a specific game or was it just the fact that you kind of you were able to watch the process of other people making games that made you think, oh, you know, I can do that or I'd like to do that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the first one I saw people working on was that heads up hot dogs game. So that that was a pretty interesting experience. Um, and pretty soon after I saw them working on that, like I was doing game jams. Like, I think I was doing game jams with them while they were working on it. Um, so it didn't, I, it was just like the fact that people were making games at all was like interesting to me. Yeah. And also seeing like, seeing dysphoria. I remember specifically, I was like, Oh, whoa, this is like pretty close to what I do with poetry. Like, or at least in like the style of like it being a story about an individual and in sort of like a vignette form. Uh, that really made me want to make games because I was like, I think games are really cool and now I know that people are using games to tell this kind of story in this kind of form that I care a lot about. So I think I'll try to do that also. Although at first, like the first game jams and stuff I did, it was just like silly little action games with like super simple mechanics that I was making with my friends. So I wasn't really making my own thing right away but I was, like, trying to get the skills to get there. Um, And then I think the first game jam that I did where I got to make, like, where I got to really, like, lead on what it was, I think was uh, Hokuto no Huchen, Fist of the North Carp, which is, like, a silly little, like, flash (laughs) game that me and a couple of my friends made about a fishing trip I went on with my dad when I was a kid and how he, like, was, like, swinging fish around while i was trying to take it off the hook and sometimes they would like slap me in the face in a funny way and i would get mad so the game is about that um and that was the first time i really got to like do to be like okay this is the game that we're gonna make so let's like try this it's super
0: Um, interesting that the first thing that you took a lead on uh, was was autobiographical like like right mm -hmm. at the gate that's clearly something that, that you're interested in
1: Right, and that is largely because of my poetry background, like, the kinds of writing I was doing was mostly personal when I was doing poetry, um, because that, like, a lot of the poets I was, like, really inspired by and that I studied also wrote more, like, personal work, so that, that was, like, something I was encouraged to do actively by my mentor in college, and what a lot of people in the poetry world do, not all obviously, but that's like more of a common thing there. So it was pretty natural for me to like go in that direction immediately. Cause that's what I was used
0: to. What sort of poets did you, did you like, did you aspire to?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I guess some of my favorites, I, I was really, I studied a lot of like the New York school poetry scene. Um, So that was like in New York and I think like the seventies or eighties. And yeah. it was like, people like John Ashbery, um, Paul Violi, I guess maybe he's a little later than New York school. Um, So New York school poets also like Ted Berrigan, uh, Frank O'Hara, Elizabeth Bishop has definitely influenced me a lot. Um, And a lot of these poets wrote about like real life and like about like real people, whether it was themselves or others. And that, the kind of like poetry about like mundane life stuff was always really interesting to me. So that's that's kind of what my influences were, I guess, from that, that field.
0: And did you like I am assuming you learned to, to code? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, when I that when I started doing game jams and stuff, I basically like my first couple of game jams, I wasn't really doing any like game design or whatever. Like I was, you know, we would all brainstorm together yeah. or whatever, but I was mostly you know, trying to help write, like, we were using Flixel and ActionScript, so that was, like, what I used to teach myself at first, Mm -hmm. and on those teams, it was usually me and at least one other programmer, and usually the other programmer was more experienced than me, so they would, you know, kind of coach me. Um, So, yeah, I kind of just taught myself over the course of the summer to code enough to, like, participate in game jams and stuff, and uh also i started working with code liberation and was teaching some c plus plus classes and i had to teach myself c plus plus to do that obviously so best way to learn uh, oftentimes yeah yeah it is definitely and so yeah my learning process was over the course of like a year let's say i was self-taught by doing game jams and like teaching classes
0: i mean the reason i bring that up is that um i mean i'm not sure what sort of poetry that that you would have done but like poets that that I know are tend to be kind of like very scientific about words and in how mm-hmm. they and and they love the kind of almost like the 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 maths of a poem and and mm-hmm. breaking things down into the, the the minimum number of of words to express a sentiment mm-hmm. and I wonder if you if you get the same kind of pleasure from coding like do you mm-hmm. do you like code to be beautiful in in a weird way
1: I yeah I guess for me coding is more more of a means to an end yeah like I mean I like really like programming and worked you know in web development for a little while before I was doing games like just doing programming so it's you know something that I have fun doing but for me what is exciting about code is that you can use it to do basically whatever you want and to just make ideas happen and that that's really what I get excited about so I don't I'm not much of a stickler for like how my code looks or like okay. the the structure of a program. Like I just want to get something running, uh, which is why usually I'll do the prototype and then I'll work with uh, someone who really cares about that stuff to write the code for the <laughs> game so that it's not as buggy. Um, but yeah, I, I I use it more as an expressive thing than as something that I'm doing for like I don't really code for code's sake, yeah, necessarily. So for me it's like i have an idea and code is the way i'm going to make it and that is like why i like That's it so the much joy of it, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah what about um did your relationship i mean obviously your relationship with games is, is going to change as soon as you start making them but was there anything mm-hmm. was there anything surprising that you started to um that you discovered about games that that you maybe played a bunch of times that you're already familiar with and suddenly you're looking at them through new eyes and you're like oh, hang on this is either this is amazing or actually this is a bit rubbish i'm surprised i like mm-hmm. this
1: um yeah i mean once i started doing game design stuff now that i think about it a lot more like especially going back and playing final fantasy 10 2 i like whenever i play it i'm like more and more impressed by all the weird stuff that they did with that game like because yeah. a lot of that game you know it's uh it's got multiple chapters and within each chapter you can explore the whole world and each of the missions in that world in a non-linear way so there's no like real order to how you do that except for like there's like usually two required core story missions for each chapter but even then you can usually do those in any order um so it's like got entirely non-linear storytelling in an open world that still manages to feel like a cohesive story is being told and a lot of those like you know in each chapter there are like the core story areas that you have to go to but there are also all the other areas that you can go to and like do sort of like non-core story oriented missions and that stuff is like super interesting like in one of them I forget which chapter but in one of them you're like playing as Yuna and they're like at this concert that her imposter is like throwing and so she can't go in to like bag the imposter because it'll confuse people so Riku and Pain go in by themselves and they leave Yuna outside and and they're like okay no one can see you so like do something where you're like no one can see your face so you end up playing this mission where you're playing as her in like a Moogle bodysuit like handing out (laughs) flyers for this show that her imposter is playing at and it's just like the silly minigame where you're going around handing flyers to people but like that is the kind of stuff that i think is really incredible like that is like such a little like character building moment where you're just like playing as you know like trying to like kill time while her friends go and like do this mission um and i don't know you just don't see that like in a lot of games like each mission like has like all this story stuff and it's like doing all this like character building that is like to do with, like, the story beats. Yeah. But this wasn't even a story beat. Like, it was just, like, this moment. Um, and Tentu does a lot of that, like, just kind of, like, mundane, like, pointless, like, silly stuff. But that's still really interesting because you just get to see the characters, like, in this world. And the world is really interesting. Absolutely. So, you know, as a game designer, going back to that game, it's been interesting. And I keep going back to it because, like, there's so much of that in that game. Um, and I think that that is, like, really experimental and interesting and something that i don't know i don't see often in like more in those like higher budget mainstream titles but they did it and i think they did it really well so
0: yeah yeah and yeah it it, from the 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 brief glimpses i've seen of final fantasy 15 it certainly seems like they're they're moving in that kind of direction where they have Mm -hmm. like the the grandeur and scope of classic final fantasy along with kind of the the really detailed mundanity in certain places like the yeah choosing the food you eat around the campfire mm-hmm. and stuff and all the various meals you can make like it's the, yeah the, you you don't get that I, that feels to me very um japanese you get that in a lot of japanese in lot of metal gear as well you have lots of really detailed minutiae which kind of doesn't serve anything other than just it, it's a fun detail to kind of explore
1: and i think the director of type o i'm like 90 percent sure it's the same guy who did final fantasy type o Which is my other favorite Final Fantasy game that also does this kind of stuff a lot. Like that one's more like a Persona game where like you're in high school for part of the day and then fighting for the other part, and it has a lot of those like smaller moments and like weird experimental stuff going on in it. And it's the same guy who's now working on this new one, so that's pretty exciting to me. I hope that he keeps that weird stuff up and does more of it. It looks like he is, so
0: I'm excited. Are you excited about games? more or less now that you've had a couple of years working in the industry
1: (laughs) i still i'm really (laughs) excited about them i mean i definitely am playing more games than i ever have in my life because like i want to keep up with you know what's going on and i think it's just like healthy as a designer to like look at other people's work and let it inform what i'm doing because there's a lot of smart people out there and i want to learn from them so i want to play all their games so i'm just like playing a lot and you know trying to learn how to learn from others to be like a better designer. And that is like an exciting thing for me. So I am playing a lot all the time and thinking about games all the time.
0: (laughs) Is anything recently really stuck out to you as being like, Oh my God, this is so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely lady killer. Um, That game is really, really interesting. I haven't finished it yet, but I played a couple hours of it like last week. Um, And as someone, I've been playing a lot of visual novels over the last year. And I think, christine is like she's just like really a master of that form and lady killer is definitely like one of the most interesting visual novels i've played and i was especially excited like it's got this whole like day system so like it's each day on a cruise and the whole like story context is that you're retelling what happened to you on this cruise to um your sibling uh and you know it's also like an erotic visual novel so I'm interested in, like, you know, erotic works and stuff. Obviously, you've played Sybil, so you kind of probably got that idea. Um, And it's also got a lot of really good humor. And the way that she is expressing how your choices are made is really interesting. Because it's often done through, like, um, what your... Like, what kind of tone you're expressing, sort of. Like, each text choice that you get to make like has a word to it like proud or conceited or uh excited or flirty oh, that's um, interesting. and i think attaching that has an interesting effect on the way people make choices absolutely um, yeah there's just there's all this like a bunch of systems in that game like it's much more systems based than any other visual novel i've played and it's just yeah it's full of interesting stuff so that is what i've been excited about I'm
0: gonna check that out. <laughs> um yeah it's it's really, it's, good. it's really like that's as much as like you know, I, I talk about it, sort of laughter being super rare in in video games but any kind of eroticism or sexuality is mm-hmm. is probably even more rare but i just can't yeah. find an interesting way of framing that question because <laughs> yeah
1: I'm, and it's, it's sex has been in games for a long time but just not talked about as much and i think that's why there it seems like there's not much it's often yeah it's there's not as much but it's it's around it's definitely around
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you see it much more in indie games but it's not really it's not a fact yeah. it's still very much like you know fade to black and pan to one side or right. something if there's anything remotely yeah. uh, addressing yeah. that definitely or the ridiculous god of war games.
1: Um, yeah and like yeah it's referenced in these bigger games but there's not as much that is like really just about like sexuality or just about that kind of thing um but that lady killer is all about that so (laughs) if you want that go to that game and there's definitely others but you know
0: yeah no 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 i I just find it interesting i mean it's there's i feel like there's so much potential there there really is so Mm -hmm. much potential that it's just but it's just nobody not nobody but it's a a challenge very few are willing to Mm -hmm. take up and tackle Um, yeah
1: and i think if you want to see other games like that like
0: support the ones is about sexuality so that's
1: a really good one also leah schenfelder has made games about that that are interesting like ute spelled u-t-e um that's another really interesting game about sex um also uh striptease is another good one um let's see there has to be another that comes to mind I mean, obviously, there's also, like, a whole world of, like, Japanese visual novels that yep. can be delved into. Um, and even, like, yeah, like, Mystic Messenger, everyone's been talking about. Um, I don't. There's no, like, sex in it, but it's, like, you know, about romance and stuff. Um, and, yeah, I mentioned Lady Killer. Oh, all of Robert Yang's work. Definitely. Everyone should play all of his stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, a bunch of it out there, but... Um, not as common as it should be no i
0: think it's just trickier <laughs> because it's because in games everything tends everything tends to kind of get distilled down to the the binary like you know the the win or lose and mm-hmm. you're you're dead or you're alive and you've, you've killed the guy right. or you haven't and have and anytime you kind of try and do anything even romantic in that context it becomes it just loses it because you, you're mm-hmm. just doing like a binary position oh well you, you're you're like statistic has gone up plus two right and yeah. that's, that's not really how it works but I, it, I, mm-hmm. it's, I i imagine it's just super hard to do it any other way like, yeah of of a game system i mean as opposed to, i mean you obviously there is uh, visual novels and things are the perfect kind of realm for it because you're able to elaborate more but just as a <laughs> pure system i think it's super difficult
1: there's definitely like Yeah, you should check out Robert Yang's games because I think he does it in a systems way, in a more systems-oriented way that is very interesting, that expresses a lot about sex. Um, Like, there's one, for example, that he did called Cobra Club where you play as a guy who's just joined, like, a, a... I think, like, a dating site for gay men, basically. Okay. And you... The whole mechanic is, like, taking dick pics and sending them to people and i don't want to like spoil it but that one is a really really interesting like it's all just like the like it's all like assist like it's purely systems based there's no like really visual novel elements you're doing like chats but it feels it's really about like taking the dick pics and and going through that experience it's very very good it's a very interesting game
0: i'll give that uh, to everybody as homework mm-hmm. for the next yeah week. <laughs> um well i think we've covered all sorts of stuff nina um but if there's anything that we haven't mentioned that you'd like to to mention then please do and also tell people where Uh, they can find you online and things
1: yeah um so i'm about to run to work so (laughs) check out uh i'm working on tacoma at fulbright so that uh the site is tacoma.game um we're also on twitter and stuff so check out that. There was recently a ton of coverage of it on uh, IGN, so there's, like, all this footage of gameplay and stuff out there now that people can look at. Is so it out soon? Is, is it out next year? Uh, yeah, uh, it's, out the, uh, it's out in the oh god, spring, I think. <laughs> I okay. wish I had, like, my calendar open. No, um, that's but fine. It, it, the, all the stuff you can see, like, in the trailer that's on the site right now, that, that will tell you all. Um, also yeah i worked on a game called sybil and you can get that at sybilgame.com i guess we've referenced it a couple times during this and i'm hentai phd on twitter so that's basically all the places to find me um but yeah that that's that's about it for me
0: cool was that fun are you happy
1: yeah yeah, yeah definitely good 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 thanks for chatting with me about game stuff
0: <laughs> always a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, yo, you made the cancel the sheet One, two, three, get sucked in my sheets. Court ever so like a dream. no clean. got hand to hand. end to end. to ten. you move the step up, Man, you gotta fight for your chick. Then take 依存なショータイム登れるとこまで登ろうかい後戻りはできないこの後悔ビッグなハウスにビッグなカーがなくても案外引っかかる押したり引いたりして落とせる頂上目指してやつ瞳めるYeah yeah 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 car, yeah 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 you